Your Arizona Wildcats snapped a 20-game losing streak. Colorado shocked Oregon State, leading to uh, Jonathan Smith dismissing his defensive coordinator. But all the real action in the conference was on Montlake. Jimmy Lake, down eight points, two minutes to go against Oregon. Tries to punt the ball away. uh, And really, because of that, is suspended from coaching this week's game. We're going to talk about all that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver. Offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So, last week started off on Friday night, Utah went to the farm to play the husk of Stanford. Uh, this was, uh, I mean, just a, like a, a nuclear grade butt fucking, uh, <laughs> Utah, I mean, Utah did whatever they wanted. Stanford was completely and utterly non-competitive. This was a Stanford team that had figured out a formula under Harbaugh that had sustained it under David Shaw of just recruiting these monster offensive lines and solid defensive lines, tight ends, and you know just did enough on offense and just out physicaled everybody. All of a sudden, they cannot stop the run. Something has gone horribly amiss and how amiss how about utah 441 yards rushing on 46 carries when they handed the ball off they got 9.6 yards a carry and for a bit like when it mattered they were getting 15 to 20 yards a carry yeah like that they have that yeah that flatters stanford significantly because they went into half with like 340 yards rushing. Like Utah's first half was the most insane rushing first half since like Corey Dillon against San Jose State or whatever it was, that stat where he had 300 yards yeah. and a half. Like it it defies description the size of the holes that the, that – the Utah running backs were going through and they were, they were reeling off 15, 20, 30 yards at a clip. Like no, no problem. Yeah. It's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I've, I mean, dude, I didn't, I've meant to check and see what David Shaw had to say for himself after this, but I didn't do it. Did you happen to look that up? No, <laughs> I don't care that much. Well, let's see it out. I'm going to look it up right now. David Shaw gives brutally honest answer after drubbing by Utah. Yeah. How brutal. How brutal. Probably not that brutal, but I mean, there. it's. Wow. I mean, I, yeah. I Stanford's bad. I mean, it's, it's pretty shocking to see a team that's built its entire identity around what is it like the intellectual brutality or whatever they call it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that has gone horribly awry. Um, U- Utah just completely destroyed them. Uh, his answer was a terrible showing top to bottom right into 
obviously we missed some guys that aren't out there citing a wide receiver that was unable to play. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Defensively got to have a lot of discussions on how to stop the run. Who was Andy Blaine? Was it Harbaugh? He it on missed tackles. Like the thing about Stanford that I love is like the 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 intellectual component to their you know like the intellectual brutality and the arrogance that they they yeah. bring to that. Yeah. And then I'm like, you fuckers had Richard Sherman at wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice job, A Hall of Fame defensive. Nice back. job, guys. First ballot Hall of Famer, like original member of the Legion of Boom, like all time great cornerback in the nfl you played that fucker at wide receiver like yeah geniuses yeah so much smarter so much smarter than everybody else yeah so i mean and as we'll touch on later uh in the program uh just a just a losing gambit to kind of tout your uh uh like kind of uh knowledge or academic credentials yeah in the context (laughs) of a football game (laughs) sometimes that doesn't go so good yeah, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe you should. Uh, I mean, afterwards, maybe if you want to like twist the knife a little bit, sure. Yeah, but uh, beforehand, I don't know what you get out of it. But yeah, I mean, just like this, this is uh, this is like the first time really since Harbaugh got to Stanford all those years ago that Stanford looks like they could be going back to a place we've seen them plenty of times, which is just like a non-competitive program. And I think what really complicates things for them is that even they've been really solid for a long time now, you know, with occasionally being great and people do not support that team. It's like, why, why do you even do it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's not the Just, culture. They, this is not the culture of their campus. Their campus is yeah. Olympic sports and startups aimed at destroying modern civilization. Yeah, exactly. You know, they go to school and like you you pray to God you don't graduate when you go to Stanford. You're hoping to meet some dork and, yeah, you know, yeah. get in on the ground floor of uh, some bullshit app that doesn't do anything. But there's so much venture capital floating around. You can like kind of squeeze a few million bucks out of that yeah. on your way to making a product that doesn't help anybody or do anything. Yeah. And you want to like play on the water polo team or something like that's like that's your goal. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's where you want to be. Exactly. In the pool. Next up. Now, I'll tell you, uh, Arizona and Cal played, right, on the Pac-12 networks. Oh, this game. Game of the this year. Game, bro, I watched oh, virtually all of it. So good, dude. Uh, yeah. Newt Rocky uh, coached in this game. Yeah. <laughs> zero to zero at the half. Yes. It was just like it, it, on a knife's edge. Yes. Three to three entering the fourth quarter. The four Holtzman played in this game. Who would find the fourth point? And it was the Wildcats of Arizona. Now, I I didn't know this going into the game, but I understand that California had roughly uh, uh, 78 of their 85 scholarship players were out of this game for COVID. They had 44 players available for the game. Yeah, because... uh, like they're because their local oh. health board or something didn't let them travel. I sat on the ESPN page for too long and I got a sorry. No, it's fine. I didn't even hear it. Okay. Uh, I got a gray goose commercial in my ears here. All right. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you'd say what happened? Garbers couldn't do anything. Wasn't playing. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Glover 
Uh, Rudy, and... Rudy, Rudiger, off the edge, came in this game. What a game. This is, I loved this game so much. It was abysmal, man. It was hard to watch, but I felt really good no. for the Arizona players. They were amped. Their kids got on the field after this. Like, uh, they were excited to get a football game. The school of fish gets their first dub. Here's what I, uh, here's what I was thinking about this, right? I think we, we were texting about it. Um, yeah. The AD at Arizona, whose name I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Paid Kevin Sumlin a significant amount of money to go away last year. Yep. And all his, and all his assistants too, right? Like, I mean, that's probably a $15 million check when it's all said and done, if not more, um, to, to, to wipe the slate clean. And then you got to start afresh, you know, like you gotta, you gotta bring in Jed fish. He's got to hire all his assistants, right? Like they got Don Brown, right? Like the long time defensive coordinator at Michigan, right? Like that guy doesn't come cheap. Like, even though he kind of faded at Michigan, right? Like for sure, that guy's yeah. probably making a million plus a year. Right. Um, yep. so you gotta, you gotta like re you know, you know, hit the reset button and bring in a whole new, so that athletic director, I mean, we're probably, he's probably like, or, or she's probably 23, $24 million into this win, like against the 44 players from Cal. Worth it, dude. Did you see the joy on those kids' faces when they got to rush the field? Like $23 million they paid probably to win that game. Worth it. <laughs> worth it. I mean, that's what it's about, man. The kids were out there having fun. Yeah. Everybody from Arizona got to be proud to be a wildcat for an afternoon. Yep. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. There you go. I, I, good old, good old fashioned fun. One of your most wholesome moments you're going to find in the Pac-12 this season. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Next up, we had uh, Colorado and Oregon State, uh, and the Beavs. You know, we're sitting here. You know, we're looking at the remaining schedule. They, you know, they've had they've been uh, uh, stuck on five wins going into playing Cal and Colorado, right? And they lost both of these games. Yeah. And gave up 39 and 37 points. Jonathan Smith, you know, he doesn't need to be told twice. He doesn't need to be told by his athletic director, fire this asshole, or it's you. <laughs> he gets rid of the defensive coordinator. Uh, fire this asshole, and it's you. Uh, and, you know, so I respect Jonathan Smith for uh, making a change for something that's a problem. They get Stanford next, uh, which Oregon State's been very good at times running the ball this season. So I make them good money to win that game uh, and get to bowl eligibility. But a little disappointing for the Beavers because they've had a season that looked for a second like they were going to be legitimate contenders for the Pac-12 North. And they have had a little uh, late October, early November swoon. Yeah, I wonder what happened to those guys. Like, in a weird way they kind of broke down against against UW, even though they got a win in that game. Yeah. Because they because their quarterback, Chance Nolan or whatever, who had who had kind of emerged as the guy and and had some like okay games, really struggled to pass the ball in that game. And uh ever since then he hasn't been right. Um and yeah they're you know what was a very promising start to the season and they kind of were in, you know looked like they may be in the hunt you know, for the North, uh, it's kind of, yeah, they're kind of, kind of taking on water at this stage. Yeah. And we've been asking all season, where's Jarek Broussard for the Buffaloes? 151 yards on the ground in this game. So he got right against Oregon state. Um, and a, you know, good win for Carl Durrell in the game. Yeah. Good for them. They fired their, 
was it offensive line coach? I mean, they fired like a, a very middling to low level coach. And that's a new move. And subsequently, like, seen... subsequently their offense has exploded. Like that guy was yeah. really hurting them. Because like, like, <laughs> <laughs> they stopped blocking each now other. They're, now they're putting up like <laughs> 35 burgers like every week, you know, like that yeah. guy was really, really a, like a, a regulator on that offense. Yeah. The governor on that offense. Well, Carl Durrell, dude, he knows what he's yeah. doing. Sort of. Yeah, it's for his rodeo. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Arizona State and USC. Arizona State, 31-16 to 16 winners in this game. USC on track for their worst season in some time. Uh, they are 4-5, and five, struggling to get bowl eligible, um, especially with Drake London out. I mean, really poor offensive showing from them. I mean, we're talking barely over 300 yards of total offense. Uh, Arizona State. You know, I mean, their elevator just kept going up. They win the fourth quarter 14-0, to zero, and that accounts for the majority of the margin. So, I'm so pissed at USC, dude. I didn't, I mean. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you know, I didn't go to USC. But but I kind of just want to be a USC fan, you know, because they're like, they're the closest thing to a national championship contender, I believe, on the West Coast that we're ever going to have. Yep. And, yep. and, you know, like a month ago, I took my daughter down to Universal Studios um, to visit, uh, Curry and, uh, and we had a great time. And, and one of the things we did was we went to, uh, to USC, uh, the, the science center there and saw the, the space shuttle. And she was like, dad, I want to go here. And I was like, you know what? Do it. Like, that'd be awesome. Cause then I can be like a USC fan. Cause I'm just like, I'm so mad at their inability to just do the obvious thing. Like just hire a good coach and you're going to win. So many games, so many games, yeah. like so many, so games. many games. They're going to win. You're going to have all the talent in the world, and you don't even have to leave the, you know, the city that you're in yeah. to get it. You barely, you barely have to leave your area code to get a, a full team of elite players. Absolutely insane. And if you want to leave your area code, like great news. There's like up and down the West Coast, there's there's good blue chip level recruits who would love to like play college football in LA, you know, like, Oh yeah. Like it's not, and when, and when USC is humming, they pull nationally, they get people from everywhere. If you it's, want to, sure. Like you don't even have yeah. to, like you don't even got to do it if you don't want to, but like, yeah, why not? These guys, man, these fucking guys that have, they have the whole thing and they just can't. It's so bizarre to me. You know, I don't know. Low key. I was like scoping USC hats. Like when we were there, when she said, <laughs> You're like fight on, darling. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Like you got a shot. Yeah. Like you seem like you're intelligent at this stage in the game. I don't know. You're four. Like why not? You know, like the world's your yeah. oyster. <laughs> you know, like go for yeah. it. Yeah, like yeah. You know, you gotta have to pay more attention like in high school than I did, but but maybe you will. You yeah. know, like your mom paid a lot of attention in high school, so so there's hope for you. So like go for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's in there. Yeah, it's it's somewhere. Like there's a fifty percent chance you got to like make it. <laughs> that's hilarious uh all right so next up we got uh oregon and washington uh here's a game that was infuriating here's a game within uh, a game within a game yeah so i mean basically uh washington goes into the half down 10 to 9 but i don't want to uh let's let me go I mean, I, I want to see if I can look up the old 
starting position for every Washington drive. Here's the thing I should tell you, like that I, that struck me in this game. Washington had seven first downs in this game, I think is the number. Yeah. And you remember, it wasn't that long ago, not that long ago at all, that you and I were talking about um, Stanford, if you remember, yeah, in Utah. I believe Stanford yeah. had 13 or 14 first downs in their 52-7 to loss to Utah. Washington yeah. had seven first downs in the whole game. Like, yeah, I think they only had yeah, they, yeah, yeah. That's a, and what's what's funny about that is people have been talking a lot about oh they only had three first downs in the first half. Well, it's like they only had fucking four in the second. Like I don't know why we need to split this up. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they didn't rip it up in the second half. Like, yeah, like I, I, man, I Jimmy Lake's gonna get fired. Like he's already suspended. He's gonna get fired for sure. Like that's it's happening. Like you can't suspend your coach and never have him come back. So I, I think I, I would I would be completely blown away if that guy ever stepped foot on in Husky Stadium again as a UW's coach. Uh, oh, I think I think I think there's a reasonable chance it happens. Oh my god, I can't believe that. But I mean, it's it's wrong. I don't think you know. No way. No way. God bless the guy. He seems like a nice enough guy. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? It's it not a personal like like, thing, but it's like yeah. But like. Man, that guy is going to go home when this is all said and done, and he's just going to be like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, what what on earth was I doing? Like, I ran Dylan Morris out there. Like, that young man, God bless him, he could not play quarterback, and I kept sending him out to play quarterback. Like, he – well, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, what's he doing? Like, what – well, the the so the interception he threw in the first half was a joke, uh, yeah. because he threw it to a receiver that could not have been more covered, uh, top, bottom, and sideways. Yeah. I mean, he had three guys. <laughs> and on if the him. and if the sideline is a fourth <laughs> defender, which I mean, you yeah. use the sideline <laughs> as a defender, you literally we're talking four square, like like yeah. we're boxing one here, like <laughs> yeah, every throw, you know, if like if Brett Favre makes that throw. You're like, you know, it's getting picked, and he would make those from time to time. You'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. Like, just I mean, that's just to me just shows a guy who has absolutely, you know, no confidence in his ability to, you know, has kind of like checked out his, you know, input on making reads and stuff like that. He just said, "Well, I know that if we run this play, this receiver goes here, and we're about to snap the ball in five seconds, and that's where I'm going to throw it." Yeah. And it's just, but what 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 was bugging me about the game? But but it, before we even get to the second half, Washington starting drive position in the first half. First drive starts at the Oregon six. Pretty good. And those uh, du- pretty good. Those du- where you want to start a they, drive. They cash it in. Okay. Yep, that's a good place. That's a good place to start a drive. Okay. Second drive, uh, which ends in a punt, uh, goes to. Uh, starts at the Washington 25. So that's fine. You punt from there. You get the ball there. That's fine. That's no big deal. Third drive starts at the Washington 45. Okay. Excellent field position. Yeah, it's really good. Punt. Three and out. Punt. Next drive starts at the Washington 43. Excellent field position. Three and out. Punt. Next drive starts at the Washington 40. Again, excellent field position. Uh, Didn't even make it to uh, punt because they threw an interception. On second down. 
the next drive after that starts at the 49. You know? Uh, and then, you know, then we get to, like, some more normalized things. But, like, what what I was thinking about this was, like, uh, you couldn't have asked from a field position standpoint for more optimal scoring conditions in the first half. And they were just incapable of doing anything. Well, they're terrible, dude. They're terrible. <laughs> like, it It is. And the thing, the thing is, is, like, you and I – you and I have watched a lot of college football and, and obviously we love college football. We've been talking about it. Like we, you know, we've done this podcast for 13 years now. Um, you know, so, so like, you I would say we're like significantly above average in terms of, you know, your like fan wise, like in terms of our passion for the game. Um, and, and part of that then leads to like, we learn about it too, right? Like we're not dumb guys. Like we, we've learned a thing or two about college football over the, over the course of our, adult lives watching it and so i'd say speak for yourself i wonder sometimes if i've ever learned anything fair but i got but fair, I'll, I'll go along fair. with it for the uh, no yeah. like, and, and yeah. I, I mean like there's a like a significant <laughs> qualifier here where it's like it, you know like I, not in any way shape or form are we like could ever coach this shit <laughs> like you we know or like or well. like even come close to like some well yeah okay that's fair yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but, yeah. but, no, I hear, but I hear it's you. like like, you know, like, and, and it's just, you're just watching this and you're just like, what are you doing? And, and like, you know, you're like, what, what on earth is happening here? And then you, you know, you flip on, you know, KJR, you, you flip on, you know, Brock Heward, whatever he's like, like, uh, what the other one, Como or whatever. Um, and, and you listen to him and you're like, well, maybe, I mean, like, you know, he played football at every level. Maybe he's seeing something and he's like, I have no idea what they're doing. I have no idea what they're doing. They're playing 1999 football, and it's it's a style of football and a style of offense that doesn't exist anymore. And you're like, yeah, that's kind. Of, I mean, that's kind of what it looks like, to be honest. Because you know, like, and and then Hugh Millen, you know, on KGR says the same thing, and you're just like, what? It's it boggles the mind. Like, how is Jimmy Lake, as a as a coach, even as a first time coach? going back into his office on Mondays and Tuesdays and being like, this is fine. Like, this is all good. We're going to keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't get it. You, do you, I mean, do you understand what he was trying to accomplish? I I, I have no idea. I, I mean, in terms of like the offense, I was talking with like David Baker, who has playing experience and follows this stuff very closely and has like, you know, he kind of helps me out when I'm trying to figure out what on earth is happening. What am I looking at? Right. Yeah. And he says that based on stuff he's looked into that John Donovan's offense runs more DOA plays than any offense, you know, that of, of any team that's actually, you know, yeah. reports to be competent that like there are numerous plays that we run where if everything goes perfect, we're going to get four yards. Yeah, well, that I mean, that he's just he's he's borrowing that from Cage. I mean, that's what that's what Hugh Millen and Brock Hewitt are both saying every week. Is like they're basically saying, like, look, if you if you look at this, you know, we're you know they, he sets up how the offensive line set you know sets up. He's like you know so the there's there's four guys to the left side of the ball and there's three guys to the right side of the ball, but there's four defenders to the right side of the ball and there's you know. And we're running to the right side of the ball where we've only got three offensive linemen, but they've got four defenders. So we're literally running into 
uh, and a negative numbers scenario. I mean, they, they point this out all the time and, and that's exactly how they describe it is they, is, is DOA. They're like, that play is dead before the ball is snapped. Yeah. That's the, that's the, how they describe it. It's shocking. It, I mean, it's just, it's just so poor. What is he doing? Like what, why? Like what is he, is he that enamored with what Harbaugh had that he can't recognize that it's not going to happen? Because, I mean, that's the only thing I can think is that he just remembers what Harbaugh had and in that those offensive lines that Stanford had with the Toby Gerhardt's, you know, like you know, even, yeah. even pre-McCaffrey, right? Like the, like Toby Gerhardt. And, yeah. And just was like, I'm going to do that. Um even though it's not going to work, you know? And, and like, I'm assuming on Friday night, they were like game planning and scheming and like getting their final, everything ready to go on for Saturday. And they watched Stanford, you know, get destroyed. And it's probably like, yeah, that's, that's concerning. You know, like this is, this is what I'm modeling my, my whole future after. And it seems to be, you know, diminishing returns for them at this stage in the game. Like what's he doing? It it does not it it just doesn't add up, unfortunately. Well, he's fired. It's, he's fired now. Well, or close to it. You would think so. And then, and this and we've talked about all this without really touching on the situation in the first half or in the second half at the close of the game. Well, I mean that. I mean that to me is like there's been enough ink spilled over that. He kind of like yeah. hit a kid. Sure. In, oh, I don't care about that. Yeah, I mean, in like, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, in what a normal world, about... he's he's nobody cares about it. But in a world where you and I both uh, occasionally exist, um, your honor, he struck a student athlete. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's a sentence now that you can that you can say and be truthful. Um, so yeah, he he did that, and and that gives rise to an argument that there's cause to fire him and all these other things, which I, you know, yeah, they should, they should, they should have suspended him indefinitely. He suspended for one game. They should have suspended him indefinitely and, and just be done with it. I think they'll be done with it anyways, but who knows? Yeah, you would think so, but yeah, I mean, I I hope so. I truly do hope so. It's just, I mean, like I was looking at it, I, I believe if you Google Oregon football players NFL draft and look at who they've had drafted in the last five years, I believe that he has had more – Jimmy Lake has had more defensive backs, secondary players drafted in the last five years than Oregon has had players drafted total. Because if you think – I mean, like – I mean, you can just run through it, right? Like Kevin King, Sidney Jones, Buda Baker, Elijah Molden. I mean, there's there's a lot. Um, and Oregon has not had a lot of guys drafted in the last five years. It's it's either more or very similar number. And like he's done some great things for UW. But as a head coach, like he seems to have lost track of the fact that really like his primary goal is to win college football games, you know, like, I, I think it's just, yeah. I mean, what I, what I, I think what we're running into is that 
he had an idea of what the team was going to be like. That was not unreasonable. It didn't pan out that way. I mean, the offense is just abysmal. And uh, he is, this is his first time doing this job. Yeah. So like he doesn't have anything to fall back on. He doesn't know what levers to pull, uh, what to change. Uh, And that Washington's just getting what they deserved uh, because they take a program that was very much a top 25 in the country, if not top 20 program, if not top 15 program, when Jimmy Lake took this job over uh, and uh, Washington decided it was going to be fine handing the keys to this thing over to a guy who's never done the job before, which is just, which uh, you'd think we would have learned after, you know, understanding that Sark ultimately left Washington in a better place than he found it. But he did a lot of the same shit where he was just making rookie mistakes because he was learning how to do the job at Washington. And Washington is a school that ought to think highly enough of itself to require that if somebody's going to come get the football job, that they've demonstrated uh, an ability to succeed at the exact same position somewhere else. I mean, and that uh, apparently is crazy, but it's just so obvious. Yeah, I agree. In my mind. I think, I think. If I if I if I was going to distill it down to one issue, I think it's that Jimmy Lake was so successful as a defensive backs coach, and he was so good at shutting down like WSU when they were like when they had it going in the Apple Cup that Lake came into the head coaching position believing that you cannot ultimately you cannot win win it all you know and build a dynasty relying on the pass game. And there's, there was precedent for that, right? Like Alabama, if you think back historically, you know, on the Nick Saban teams that just crushed it, you know, you've got, you know, like Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram and like you've got these crazy running back games that they had, right? And then yep. and then almost immediately Alabama had a wide receiver win the Heisman. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, like, it, like it flipped on him uh, like – Almost instantly. As as he was getting the job, yeah. Alabama had a receiver room that was Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Devontae Smith. Yeah. Among among others. Yeah. yeah. And it's like and the year like the year like you know, COVID shortened season for UW, but you know, for the SEC a normal season basically, that that Lake did that and tried to recreate what you know, Harbaugh had and the intellectual brutality and the running game and everything, you know, Saban was transitioning to, nope, you got to throw the ball. And now he has a receiver win the Heisman. You know, it's like, oh, no, you do need to do that. Like, it's it's important to pass the ball. Uh, You know, it's a fun Alabama side thing I saw today that I was unaware of before. Uh, They have a guy listed on their roster, and I can only – I don't know if this is his government name or not, but it's how he's listed on the roster. His first name is Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't there a guy in Auburn like named Smoke? But is that are these these guys real names? Yeah. Okay. And I, I think like the it. Auburn guy, I like Smoke, like Auburn. Who is it? Auburn. Let me see here. Auburn Smoke. Let's see. Okay, it gives me a lot of tobacco shops in Auburn. Yeah. In Auburn, <laughs> in Auburn, Washington, no less. It doesn't even. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Smoke. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Smoke Monday. <laughs> Smoke Monday. God, what a name. Oh, yeah. God, I love what that guy. What a great name. He's good. <laughs> I'm laughing at the 
the sale bell going off at the you know Auburn tobacco dealer yeah. right now. We got one. Yeah. We got a lead. I think they're. I mean, I think they're doing just fine down in Auburn. Yeah. Um, All right. So how we doing picks last week? Smoke. Oh wait, shit. Did we talk about the punt? <laughs> Do we have to? Smoke Monday is one of the top five draft prospects in the 2022 draft just so we're all aware that he, this dude's getting drafted um we did not talk you you kind of briefly mentioned that he did it but why don't you extrapolate a little bit more um well here's the deal so washington has the ball uh with two minutes or so to go right they first down throw to kate otten uh who by the way has disappeared and if you went off this season's uh record you would say suck shit doesn't exist uh, yeah does not exist yeah <laughs> Yeah. And every pregame, because people get their notes from, you know, the, you know, kind of relatively stale intelligence at this point, they're like, oh, key player, Kate Otten, coaches really want to get him going or something like that. But so uh, Dylan Morris throws him like a five yard pass over the middle. Wasn't going to be shit, but Kate Otten drops it. Then he throws a ball out to the flat to Jalen McMillan, which likewise was only going to go for like, you know, four yards, but he also drops it. Uh, Then we get to third and 10. I don't remember what the play Probably was. Probably a didn't draw get... to McGrew. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't get any yards. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, on fourth down, with two minutes to go, Washington with two timeouts. Down eight. Down eight. Down one score against your rival. Jimmy Lake brings out the punt team. Fuck it. To, to the immediate universal consternation of the fans that still remained in the stands at that point. Not only, I mean, not only the fans, the guys on TV were like, what is he doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like, if you if you watch that highlight back again, RG3 was on the the color guy for the game yeah. and did a marvelous job. Agreed. But he was sitting there saying I disagree with the decision and this timed up exactly with the ball being snapped. He goes, "Maybe Jimmy Lake knows more than we do." Snap over the punter's <laughs> head, safety. <laughs> and it's just like well the you know, he does not. He does out, not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> It was good. It was a good job of announcing because it gave some credit, you know, like maybe there's something going on. Yeah. Like, so what I was thinking after the game is like, you know, please to God, let it have come out that we had like a fake punt we thought was really going to work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, or, something, <laughs> or something, you know, like, but because that decision to, I know that our offense hadn't done jack shit all game and wasn't going to, and wasn't going to convert that fourth down save for like a penalty on Oregon or something like that. Right. But you gotta, you gotta roll the dice on that. <laughs> you gotta try. Yeah. You gotta try. I mean, Washington's offense has been dog shit all year. Uh, sometimes though, for whatever reason, there's a drive in some of these games where Washington completes like a few 30 yard passes for some reason. So like, it's not, it's not out of the question. They got, you know, players who are just as good as the players Oregon has, you know, uh, like, you know, or at least close enough that it's not unreasonable to think like somebody might make a mistake and Washington could get some chunk plays, but like, give them a, a shot, give them a shot. And like, because what it looked like was some chicken shit thing where it's like, ah, we're down eight. Uh, maybe we'll just keep it down eight and it'll look like we played them close, you know, or something like that. When like anybody who watched the game can tell you it was a, just a nightmare. Um, but just a, an abysmal decision, uh, that and what I said in the intro, I mean, I think honestly that's the reason he got suspended, because I didn't care personally about the 
striking the player incident. I thought it was relatively minor, if not justified, you know, to like keep the kid from getting in, keeping some walk on on the sideline from getting in a fight with an Oregon player and costing you 15 yards. Yeah. You know, like, I don't care about that, but I'll tell you what, after that punt, I was sitting there seething. And then I was like, Oh yeah, he hit a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That, that will not stand. Uh, and so like, I mean, cause you know, obviously if the team's eight and one, like Oregon is, I've hit, you know, line them up, give me all the walk-ons. Yeah. I'd like to see them all get hit. Yeah. 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 Anybody, like, any journalist who has the temerity to ask about that subsequently gets hit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like everybody gets licked. That's just how it goes. Um, unbelievable. How do we get to this point in time, dude? Like, I think we should just stop talking about the specifics and just try to understand for a moment where, how we were arrived at this moment. Well, we arrived at what, how we arrived at this moment was uh, a, a lazy coaching search. Basically. Is that, is that Chris Peterson uh, quit? Cause he, uh, this is a quitter. Didn't have his heart. Yeah. Cause he's a quitter. Yeah. Cause he quit Boise state when he had a bad season. He quit Washington when he had a bad season. Uh, and God bless him. He's a marvelous coach, but he did quit the, the, the two worst seasons he had led to him leaving his job. So, uh, you'd like to see more out of him there. Um, but yeah. And then instead of, uh, taking this program, which had been to multiple major bowl games recently at that point, right. Had strong recruiting classes, had great talent up and down the roster and, showing that out to the nation and saying, look at this peach of a job we got. Uh, we decided to go let Chris Peterson have influence on the coaching search, which is like, well, I'm sorry. Didn't you just quit? So get the fuck out of yeah, here. You quit. Uh, like, why are and, you here? Yeah. Take your boat and go home. Like, yeah. And, and decided to be the one school that honored the meaningless title of head coach in waiting. Yeah. It's like, here's the deal. Is like that. What does that mean? Nothing. Yeah, you know, yeah. it just means he's still waiting. Yeah, <laughs> wait away, like, man. Yeah. So, uh, so they hired Jimmy Lake because it's the easiest thing to do. The players like him. The defense has shown success, and the pandemic year was enough of a mirage. You know, it, it was short enough, and Washington did just well enough where you can say, "Oh, there's a lot of pieces." It was a young team. Uh, Jimmy Lake's going to get this thing going, you know, with a full kind of off season to go regular year. I'm excited. I mean, there were people that legitimately, I remember hearing before this season, Phil Steele say, who, you know, knows whatever he knows, but that Washington would be favored in all 12 of their games this year, you know, and like had them as like a dark horse playoff team. And that wasn't like outside the realm of possibility. People thought Washington was going to be good. this. I went out to drinks uh, two weeks before the season started with a extremely like adamant booster of the team who was there. He was, it was him and his wife. And he said, we're going 12 and 0. And she rolled her eyes and was like, Oh, he says this every year, like before the season starts that we're going to go 12 and 0. And my response was like, well, look, dude, we're going to lose like at least a game, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I was like something always you weird mean- happens, like in the desert or, you know, like it's, yeah. we're not going 12 and 0, but like, you know, I mean, like that was, the conversation, like going into the season, that was like it was, you know, it was totally reasonable to expect that. Phil Steele is extremely well respected. 
and and was super bullish on this team. Not so, yeah, dude. I, I, I'll tell you where this season went downhill. Is that I was driving. I I take my kids to the Montana game, right? Mm. Because I like I like to take them to a dub. I want them to see the Huskies win. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so That's we why, get up there. Hey, that is why I took my daughter to the opening basketball game last night against Northern Illinois. They won three games last year and have a new head coach. And Northern Illinois won uh, in our comfortably, uh, yeah. In the WhatsApp chat, uh, Michaelman found uh, the MAC preseason predictions. Yeah, uh, last in the league predicted is Northern Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have to do that, but yeah. I, I feel yeah. that right. No. I took my, I took, yeah. I took Lisa yeah. last night to that game because I'm like, it's gonna be fun. You wanted to see the dogs win, yeah. you know, like you want to get good vibes around the dogs. You know, so like they get it in their head that like. When Washington's playing, Washington's going to win. Uh, but now yeah, my kids understand that. Like when Washington playing, dad's going to yeah, yell yeah, at the TV. Yeah. And we got to be like, yeah. you know, we got to kind of like be on eggshells yeah. a little when bit. When Washington's playing, <laughs> like check in on dad to see how his mood is. and like <laughs> Yeah. Like don't like, you know, maybe, you know, we'll kind of, one of you guys go out there and take a peek at the score. If they're losing, maybe let's all kind of pick up our rooms or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh but yeah so we're so we're on the way up to the game i'm so excited everybody's in like they're you know uh, everybody every football season like everybody gets like a new husky sweatshirt in my house you know so we're in like our new UW gear dad's fired up i'm listening to the pregame show on the way up there and they had some segment that somebody did for the pregame talking about how race porter had become a team leader and uh, Greg Lewis, the great Husky running back, was on the show, and he was like saying, "Like, I ah, mean, I don't know that that wouldn't have happened on the teams." I yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, the, like the punter can't be a. Leader, I would. I like. Know? I played on like good teams. <laughs> like, like, yeah, we had, yeah. We had quality players <laughs> at positions that mattered. <laughs> you know, right? Race Porter, who punted his ass off in the first half of this Oregon <laughs> yeah, game, yeah. by the way. <laughs> uh, but uh, and and so I was like, you know, ah, oh, that's funny, whatever. And then on the way home, Michaela, my wife, was like. You think the problem is that the punter was the leader? And I was like, yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> I do. So that's the culture we've uh, cultivated. Yeah. Anyway. Like 15 so, minutes that, ago, you asked me how we did on picks. And, um, yeah, and I, I did not answer that question. I instead diverted <laughs> us into a larger conversation about the meaning of life. Um, yeah. So the answer is okay. Um, uh, and in fact, for me, good. I, I was my best week of the year, four and one. You were right behind me at three and two. Tubby uh, in third place at two and three. Worm really struggling this stage at one and four. Um, but I, he's really falling I, off. Well, I I feel like I'm looking at his picks. I feel like he's just rolling the dice and kind of like going opposite of what everybody else picks every week to try and like because he recognizes it's the only way to get back in it. Um, yeah. So I think. We got to give him a little bit of slack there, but yeah, he's... I give him some credit on that. It's the opposite of uh, punting down. Yeah, in. he's trying. Like he's doing whatever he can to get back in it, and what he can do right. is pick opposite of what we're doing, which leads to some bad weeks. And he's he's stacking, you know, he's racking and stacking some of those bad weeks. Um, so that puts uh, you, myself, and Tubby in a tie, three way tie at thirty three and thirty eight. Headed into week 11, which is kind of amazing if you think about it. Um, worst worst we've ever done, I want to say. For sure. But we're all tied. I mean, like the excitement is in the race, right? Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So we're going into the we're going into the week 11. We're all 33 and 38. 
except for Worm. He's twenty-seven forty-four, um, which is worse. My God. Yeah. That's bad. It's not very good, but um, <laughs> but like I said, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut him some slack because I, I've noticed a trend in the last couple of weeks is he's just picking against what the group is picking, so he's trying to like he's trying to like will his way back into it by and and it's just backfiring spectacularly on him. Um, yeah, he's got to just as uh, now I would say pun on fourth down. I mean, like for example, his last four weeks, right? Like it worked one week. It worked one week. He was four and two on week nine. But, but if we start if we start in week seven, he was zero and five. No, nope. we well, that may and that may have been the. Mm, I think he made the picks that week. That's how he was zero five in week eight. He was one and five. Uh, then he had week nine where he was four and two, so that worked. And then uh, last week, week ten, he was one and four. So we're it's not, I mean that's a rough, that's a rough month, right? Like we're talking, yep. yeah, it's rough. But again, I think he's I think he's trying to I think he's just trying to get back into it by going opposite. Um, so yes, probably the worst we've all ever done collectively as a group. And we are collectively in a three-way tie, five games under 500. Terrible. See how we do this week. We all cannot, right. uh, we cannot get back to even this week. We just got to keep chipping away. Um, so let's start it off with Utah at Arizona. Uh, Utah are 24 point favorites against Arizona. Frankly, Arizona is going to do a better job stopping the run than Stanford did. Um, I would say that's just a guarantee. Uh, but ooh, for sure, it's, for sure, it's guaranteed. And, I, and Don Brown is a, is a good, it's really big. I say Arizona on this one. I'll take the Wildcats. I'm with you, man. I think that's great. And and here's the thing: uh, Tubby has already put his, has already put his picks in, which is unusual. Um. So that means all three of us are on Arizona, which which gives Worm the opportunity to take Utah and continue his trend of, of getting opposite of all of us. Yeah, that's good. Good for yeah. him. Uh, next up, here's Stanford at Oregon State. Mm. Oregon State are 12.5-point favorites in this game. I, Stanford cannot play worse. I think good for them to get on the road. Last season, if you'll recall – they had like a, you know, they were like weren't allowed to practice at home, and then went up on a road trip. Uh, yeah. One at Corvallis, didn't go home, and one at Washington. Yeah, kicked the shit out of UW. Um, yep, yep. I like them on the road. I'll, I'm going to take Stanford for a bounce back in this one to at least get inside the number. Do they have that receiver back this week? Oh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Uh, I'm going to take OSU. I, that's a huge number and stupid for me to do, but I, I'm scarred from watching that Stanford game last Friday. Like that was shocking. It was shocking. shocking to watch. So I'll, I'll take OSU just to get on the other side of uh, you and Levine here. I'm, I'm on a lot of dogs this week and I'm about to be on another one. Colorado is going to UCLA. Colorado are 17 point dogs to UCLA. Easy call. So I'm on the buffs on this one. The buffs have been putting up some points. Recently. Free money, That's dude. Free money. Uh Oh, <laughs> <laughs> No way! No way UCLA's beating these buffs by 17 points. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You want to talk about free money? Check out this next line. Oregon 14-point favorites at home against Washington State? Seems like free money to me. I want the Cougs. Fuck yeah! Yeah, Free money! Like... Yeah. The Cougs are good now. Like they're like they're 
Delora is throwing it all over the lot. They're playing well. Like I, I don't. That I don't know. There are conditions in the game. The their shocker win they had against Arizona State was like real, like freak turnover game for them. But I, but I still like the well one because Oregon. By the way, another thing we didn't talk about with that game. Mario Cristobal after the game is talking about uh, Washington. You know, represents everything that's wrong with college football. Yeah. Uh, which is like, uh, I don't, you know, I, I think what he's referring to is the fact that Washington, uh, had too many players test positive for COVID last year. So didn't play Oregon. And then we declared it ourselves PAC 12 North champions because that's what we were under the rules. Yeah. Uh, and that rubbed him the wrong way. Um, but the other thing I think that shows is that like Oregon has a proper understanding top to bottom of the stakes of the rivalry. Like their coaches understand they lose their jobs. If they lose to Washington, uh, their players are taught to hate Washington. Uh, whereas I'm not sure what our players are taught about Oregon because they're, uh, I don't think our coach knows what he's doing. Yeah. And we, you, we didn't even talk about academically prowess. Well, I mean, I mean, there's enough people are going to talk about that. Like, and, and we're going to see that on shirts for years to come. That's yeah. that's going to be the defining legacy of Jimmy Lake's tenure at UW. Academically prowess. Academically prowess. The punt on fourth down. And hitting a kid. What a week, dude! You can't you can't do much worse than that. Like you can't. Like you can't. And he probably banked, I don't know, seventy or eighty grand for that. Pretty good. Pretty good pay. Oh, least, yeah. Pretty good pay for a very minimal return on your invest. Like the you know in terms of what was expected of you. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Out. Yep. All right. Uh, trying to suck uh, that uh, <laughs> USC in California postponed. Is that because of Cal's COVID issues? Yeah, Cal's got COVID, dude. I think both these teams are probably fine with not playing this one. Yeah. Uh, we'll revisit it if USC needs it for bowl eligibility, I would think. Um, They'll get a waiver, dude. No, they'll just get a waiver. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. That's that's exactly what will happen. They'll get the waiver. And that brings us to our last game of the week. Arizona State are traveling to Washington. Washington coached by – who is coaching us? Bob, Bob Gregory. He's interim head coach. Um, I mean, the vibes have to be terrible. Can't be a fun building to be in. No. Uh, offense, I, I'm interested to see what changes. Rumor on the street is that uh, Sam Heward is taking the first uh, first string reps or splitting them with Dylan Morris. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I, honestly, I would almost <laughs> rather see O'Brien play at this point. Yeah, the, the transfer guy from Sac State, because like that guy threw it all over the lot when he was at Sac State. He was a good player, you know. He's a little short, probably for uh, you know Pac-12, and and you know he's not necessarily your your you know prototype Pac-12 quarterback. But let's be fair, right now the Pac-12 sucks, so Terrible. so it doesn't fucking matter. Um, yeah, and he could probably do just fine. I mean, like why not why not play him? You know. If Sam Heward has one good drive at the front of this, uh, Dylan Morris is going to get his shit booed. Well, <laughs> if he steps on the field again, I, w- I mean, yeah, I would like to think, I would like to think they're smart enough to know that if 
if they're going to play a Hewer, they just got to play him. Like, they just got to see what he's got for this year. You know, like, play him for the whole game. And if he plays really well, then you burn his red shirt and play in the last two games. And then if he doesn't play really well, then you just play him in one more game, a couple series, and call it good. And he, you know, gets to go, you know, play for USC or whoever next year as a, as a red shirt freshman. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's my thought yeah. there. Yeah. Whoever the, whoever the new coach at Washington is can try and, uh, you know, re see if they can get Sam here. To re-recruit see. that young man. Yeah. So Arizona State are five and a half point favorites in this game. Washington's going to be playing Sam Heard, who uh, uh, I went to the spring game and I saw him have a series against Arizona. I've yet to see him throw a good pass. Yeah, he doesn't throw. He doesn't throw a ball. <laughs> that I mean, like a lot of arc on his on his passes. Yeah. I've noticed. It, it kind of it's slow developing. It's like you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, like his motion is real, has a lot of pieces to it. Uh, well, I can't believe yeah. O'Brien isn't in the mix. Like, I don't understand. Like he's, he started for years for San Jose, like Sac State or whatever. He's good. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, so, I mean, if I was really betting this game, I would bet Arizona state and the under probably, uh, which is already really low lowest in the conference by like 10 points almost um but yeah i mean but we'll take washington well we have to it's the rules we establish for the pod before we yeah i don't know i mean I, we technically probably established that rule in the year we didn't win any games so maybe we knew what we were doing but well we probably covered some of those so we had some, some of those games were close <laughs> but like were we a weren't we a favorite probably against like like WCU in that Apple Cup, you know, like where Quentin Richardson decided not to guard whatever that guy's name. What was that guy? The white receiver for WCU. Oh, they've had a few. No, but you you know the Carstetter, right? Was it Carstetter? Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, guy. he was like a good player for them. Like, I mean, yeah. And he got he just he's got like right a, behind Q like Rich a... and and that's that was it. And Paul Wolf did his little jig. Simpler times. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Yeah, all right. Oh. So that does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. Uh, for Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, see you next week.